Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, May 28th, 2019. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon right across from me. What's up? And this is our 20th edition of the Fantasy Champions Podcast. We are already five months into this thing, which is absolutely crazy. Um, Keep listening. Keep supporting. And on this episode of the Fantasy Champions, we will be talking about our top 10 tight end rankings and finishing up our rankings for the 2019 season. They will obviously as we go along, be adjusted and be changed as we go. But first, before we get to that and the news, be sure to do the following. Like us on Twitter at the FF champs, go over to Instagram at the fantasy champions and like us over there. Uh, give us a thumbs up on facebook.com slash the fantasy champions and subscribe wherever you listen. Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, click the bell to get notifications on YouTube, leave a review, share a podcast with your friends. Let's get right into the news. Are you ready boss? As ready as I'll ever be. That was like the quickest intro ever. <laughs> uh, the first bit of news that we have is Julian Edelman signed a two-year contract extension with the New England Patriots, essentially making him uh, a Patriot for life. I'm not sure. I think he's, what is he, 32, 33 years old? I, he's, I think Something he's like 34, that. actually. So a little older. Jules is an old man now. Um Edelman in fantasy for next season, he's a guy that I was kind of surprised at the consistency of. Like He's not a a fantastic fantasy wide receiver, a guy who's going to blow you out of the water, but he will get you 10 to 12 fantasy points a game. Um, I just don't know his value in the future because of how old he is and how little he has left in his career. Um, but he does sign a two-year contract. He's 33. So. He's 33? Yeah. Yeah. So... He does sign a two-year contract extension with the Patriots. Uh, perfect place for him. I don't. I didn't ever see him leaving New England anyway. No, he's not playing anywhere. He else. loves Tom Brady more than his own children. That is true. <laughs> uh, Chris Carson had a surgery to clean up his knee. Uh, he is expected to return to practice in a few weeks. Um, Pete Carroll kind of putting a little flower on this, trying to make it sound good. Uh, but Chris Carson getting a knee surgery never is a good sign. Um, he could miss a lot more time than a few weeks. So I'm not sure if this is going to really hurt him or help him for the season. But if it, if it's something to watch continually as we progress towards training camp and preseason, because if he starts missing more extended periods it's of time. Rashad Penny Yeah, time. it's Penny time. Let's go, Rashad Penny. Get the pennies out. Get the pennies out. That would be totally illegal, but imagine if he scored touchdowns and people just started throwing pennies. <laughs> he just poses like he's a he's in a fountain. And <laughs> people just, just start throwing pennies. Yeah, yeah that would be ridiculous. Uh, Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott discussing a long-term contract extension that would make him the highest-paid running back in the NFL. Um, I love Zeke, but I feel like this is uh, this contract would be a waste of time for them. Um, dude, you're not trying to pay a running back. No. Gazillions of dollars so he can go eat Chick-fil-A and get fat halfway through his contract? That's totally fine, man. He's already fat to start the contract. So, 
Why dissing on your boy? Zeke Zeke can eat as much as you want and still run for two thousand yards. <laughs> I th- I say we uh, test the limits with Zeke. Yeah, push it. How fat can you get and still and still still be a top three fantasy option in running back? I'm saying like 270, 280. What is he right now? Like <laughs> like 230. <laughs> oh, is he like, could push 260. Yeah, and then run people over. Imagine, imagine. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like Legarrette Blunt, but even slower. That's true. Uh, all the 49ers running backs seem to be getting injured at this point. Raheem Mostart, uh, he's hurt. Jarek McKinnon missing OTAs. Uh, you have uh, Matt Breida tearing his pectoral muscle. Um, with all that being said, Tevin Coleman is expected to be the number one back in, in <laughs> San Francisco. Uh, so wherever he goes, it's just an exodus of running backs getting hurt. So uh, Or a plague of running backs getting hurt. Are so, you saying he uh, rigs the system he does somehow? Rig the system. Are you alluding to the fact yes. that he might be hurting players? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would not be excited. A lot of people are like, yeah, let me go grab Tevin Coleman. He's like yeah, the number like one. Yeah, no, I, I had him on my team an entire season with the same exact offense, and it didn't work out too well. Uh, it, McKinnon's going to be the starter. Parade is going to be the backup, and Tevin Coleman is still going to somehow be the number one option in the backfield. It's true. Greg Olson and Delaney Walker have both been cleared to practice. Um. Interesting development for both of them. Greg Olson's a guy who we've been waiting for to come back for quite some time. He has he has you know good upside. We will talk about him on our Thursday show, um, but he is cleared to play, and so is Delaney Walker. Both of them are good options later in drafts to kind of take a look at and see if they can succeed uh, for your fantasy team in the future. Um, I almost burped on that. I was like trying to hold it. <laughs> they're back. both they're both old guys, though. I think um, yeah. Greg Olson, when he's actually out there, is actually pretty good. The problem is right. just him getting on the field. And Delaney Walker is again similar, where he's pretty good when he's out there, but you know he's probably gonna have Ryan Tannehill half the season, and there's AJ Brown and Corey Davis. Yep. So not a too big of a fan of either of those guys. Nope. Uh, ben Watson suspended for violating PED policy. He uh, apparently. Retired from the NFL and got subscribed some medicine that was illegal to recover. Retired from the NFL. (laughs) Then he came back for the New England Patriots, uh, and it said that he is going to violate. I mean, uh, he uh, came back into the league. And you know what? To be honest with you, I think this is kind of ridiculous that he is going to get suspended for four games for leaving the league, coming back in, and taking a drug while he was retired. And then coming back and like getting suspended four games, and they haven't even suspended Tyree Kill yet. And they don't want to impede the investigation. Oh, yeah. That that part is very true. That That's extremely dumb. But I think there's a chance that Benjamin Watson... Like, oh, is. we're going to levy this four-game suspension on Ben Watson for taking an illegal substance to help him recover faster. But Tyreek Hill can beat his kids. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The NFL, Not wrong, though. NFL needs to get their act together. Um, and finally, Jake Laser reporting that Todd Gurley's knee injury... Uh, is a little more serious than expected, uh, something that we already kind of knew anyway. But the fact that it was confirmed by Jake Glazer is kind of disconcerting. Um, I am getting a little annoyed with the amount of people hating on Todd Gurley. Uh, you don't want to draft Todd Gurley. Fine, I'll draft him. <laughs> he's your lover. I love Todd Gurley. You know, I'm going down with the ship. <laughs> That's not going to end well for you. I'm because that ship is going to go ship. down. It's just a matter of If I have of to win. sacrifice a season... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, if you're gonna, I'm a good thing we're in the same league together. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that Todd Gurley is going to go down at some point, but I doubt that it's going to be soon. Yeah, um, I think that a lot of people are just they're jumping off too fast. You need confirmed reports because he played in the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and a lot of people are like, oh my God, he didn't have a good Super Bowl. He didn't have a good Super Bowl. No one had a good Super Bowl. <laughs> That's true. CJ Anderson didn't have a good Super Bowl. Literally no one in that running game had a he good Super Bowl. He didn't have a great. He didn't have a great playoff season, run. Though. No. Yeah, in general. I, I think, I think he had, he had a good game against the Cowboys, him and CJ Anderson. It looked like, it looked like, uh, it looked like, um, Alvin Kamara and, uh, Mark Ingram situation <laughs> in that first game against Dallas because, Todd Gurley had a good game, and so did C.J. Anderson, and then you went to the next game. And I think that's where stuff started acting up in his knee from in the season because he only had right. three rush attempts. So I think they pulled him out of the game for something, and it looked like he was just standing on the sidelines, but I think there was something wrong. And then when I think they went to the Super Bowl, I think that uh, Sean McVay stating that he was going to get a ton of reps in the Super Bowl and all that, I think he was probably planned to do that. But when stuff stopped working, they tried C.J. Anderson, and then when C.J. Anderson stopped working, it was just like altogether not working. G.G. at that uh, point. I don't really count the Super Bowl. So I, I, there's not a large sample size to say Todd Gurley's not good anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how much is Daryl Henderson going to take away from Todd Gurley? Like that, That's what I've been talking about for months now, or since the NFL draft at least, is how much can Daryl Henderson take away, even if he gets 20% of the snaps? Hey, he takes 15, 20% away from Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley still finishes in the top five. Like, that's how good he is. Right. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I think uh, there is slight concerns just because it's Jake Glazer reporting this, which means you know for a fact that he there yeah, is legitimate right. concerns about Todd Gurley, but we've known that. Yeah. So let's move to our early top 10 tight end rankings the most boring show <laughs> of the earth. but a show you'll need to listen to yes uh over the next two episodes we're going to discuss the top ranked tight ends uh for us early in the 2019 season um we're going to use these probably for our drafts tiering breaking down but they're early so don't make fun of us too hard let's start with number one on our list travis kelsey he was number one for you, number one for me, number yep. one for ECR. Um, he's one of the best tight ends in fantasy football for the last couple years. I haven't seen a tight end play this consistent since uh, Mr. Rob Gronkowski. Um, yeah. He, he literally comes out every single season, regardless of the quarterback, and continues to succeed. Um, the reason why I have him ranked number one is because I think Travis Kelsey is a guy who has all the opportunity. He's getting more and more opportunity as the offseason goes along. Which is insane because Which is, last yeah. year he was getting a lot of opportunity. Exactly. Um, they don't have... They're probably not going to have Tyreek Hill as we referenced earlier. They're pro- They're definitely not going to have Kareem Hunt because they cut him. And so it's like, you know, both of their top weapons are gone. They now have a lot of younger guys coming in, a lot of unknowns coming in, and you have one guy that's just stood pat there, and that's Travis Kelsey. Um, he's as good as he is as good as it is at tight end, and if he gets more opportunity, that's only he's only guaranteed to turn that into success. Um, I think he could finish in the top ten of wide receivers if he was in that category. That's how good he could be this year. Um, but I still don't think he's worth that second round draft pick. Right now, he's going pick yeah, two hundred five. That's way too high for a guy named Travis Kelsey. 
Uh, I love Travis Kelsey. You know it. I love all my Chiefs players. Oh, boy. Um, But, you know, pick 205 is... It's just because the simple fact that tight ends do not score as much as running backs and receivers. Right. So if you're taking Travis Kelsey in the second round, he's got to be putting up points similar to guys you were going to take instead of him in the second round. Right. Which he just doesn't do. He's not going to put up the same amount of points as any receiver, even, even... even in the third round, you can make the argument in fourth round, right. borderline. So the second round, pick five, is a little too high for me. But right. Kelsey, he's as you said, he's going to get all the opportunity in the world. Mm-hmm. He is the guy in that offense now. And sure, the offense is not going to be as successful as it was last year. Right. But it's still got Patrick Mahomes. It's still got Andy Reid. And they're still going to be pretty pretty effective on offense. Right. Uh, there, You can't. If you have Travis Kelsey at the tight end position, because obviously our strategy, it it continues to be don't draft a a tight end high. Um, It's not worth drafting Travis Kelsey high. But if you you somehow get him on your team, you have the best tight end in fantasy. This is the guy that you're going after. With Gronk out of the way, even last year, Gronk, when he was still Which, in the way, he even though he was getting of, like, he wasn't much of an obstacle to game. jump over. Yeah, um, Travis Kelsey is the clear number one. Like, is there any doubt in your mind that this guy doesn't finish in the top two? No, I think he's guaranteed top two, top three. Yeah, agreed. Number two on our rankings, Zach Ertz. I have a number two. You have a number two. ECR has a number three, which I kind of found a little bit interesting. Um, Zach Ertz, he has, once again, all the opportunity in the world. Uh, I, I think that there is going to be a little bit of a decrease in target share because of the guys that they added. They added Deshaun Jackson. They have a J.J. Arcego white side that they brought in. I think it's a third or fourth round wide receiver in the draft. So I think that they got some pieces um, – including Miles Sanders as well, but they got some pieces uh, at certain positions to kind of pull away from the targets that Zach Ertz would normally get. With that being said, Carson Wentz loves <laughs> Zach Ertz. Um, I have him number two because I think he's the most consistent tight end in fantasy. Um, one of the most consistent tight ends in fantasy. I think that he last year, I don't think he put up a lot of burger games where he uh, just completely collapsed. No, he didn't. Uh, Travis Kelsey had like two or three I'm not sure there was any for Zach Ertz, and I think that's that effectiveness carries over. When you have a tight end, and this is one thing that I was thinking about last year, is that the tight end position is so weak. When you have a tight end like a Zach Ertz, a Travis Kelsey, and a George Kittle with or on top of the fantastic running backs and fantastic wide receivers, like if, if it's if it's a supplement to the already greatness that you have at your other positions, yeah, your team is like unstoppable. And I think that having one of those three guys is great. The problem is you can't make that happen by drafting it most of the time. So you, you kind of have to make a trade for it. But Zach Ertz is one of those guys that will consistently get you. It's like it's like an unfair advantage at tight end. He is. He's awesome at tight end. Uh, I don't like him quite as much as Kelsey. And I just like him slightly more than Kittle. But he's... Very consistent. You know, there's been concerns about having too many weapons on that team this year, but Carson Wentz's favorite weapon is still Zach Ertz. Right. So he's still going to get his fair share. He is so consistent at the tight end spot, but again, he's getting taken a little too high for me. Yep. Um, 
very good tight 305, end. I believe. 305, I mean, you look at other players taken in the third round, they're just going to score more fantasy, total fantasy points. Yeah. Wide receivers and running backs, yep. at least. Um, especially, like, if you if you choose to go, like, um, really quickly, but especially if you choose to go running back, wide receiver in the first two rounds, and then you get to the third round, it's like you draft Zach Ertz. That's a spot where there's some really good running backs. There sitting are. There. You could and miss out like, on some. You could miss out some, on some really, yeah. really good guys. And then you'll be stuck with guys. Not that Zach, like if you take Zach Ertz, or let's say even you, you even take Travis Kelsey, you know you're going to get a good player. Yeah. You know you're going to have one of the best guys at that position, but you're missing out on poten- on yeah. a lot of potential fans. You always have to ask that question when you're looking at Travis Kelsey because uh, you know, if you're if you're a person who doesn't do your own rankings or doesn't uh, go into the ranking setting in your uh, fantasy football platform and figure out who you're going to pick, and you just organize it by ADP, and you're like, "Ooh, I'll just draft Travis Kelsey here." Yeah, that's not a great draft strategy. Um, I've noticed that in the leagues that I'm in, it's not always the case, but I've noticed yeah. in leagues that I'm in, the teams that suck at the end of the year are the teams that drafted tight ends extremely early, <laughs> most of the time. Um, number three on our list is George Kittle. We both have him three. The ECR has him two. Um, I'm not the only the only reason why I could see ECR having him higher than Zach Ertz is just because of the lack of targets yeah, that they have it. in San Francisco. He's going to get so many targets; it's going to be out of this world. And so I think um, I don't know how many targets he had last year. I wish I had that stat in front of me, but. Um, George Kittle is an absolute machine when it comes to fantasy points. I was a little bit down on him earlier in the offseason. I was a little nervous that he was going to be a guy that busted out this year, that he was a flash in the pan. But the more I look at the San Francisco offense, the more I think that he could be a decent asset, um, a very decent target for Jimmy G. He, um, To answer your question, he had 136 targets last year. Oh, jeez. Which is pretty good. Wow. He, if good. he plays a full 16 again and gets, you know, 140-ish targets, he's going to be top three. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, he is. He might even get more targets than that, to be completely honest with you, because if Garoppolo's healthy, they're going to be yeah. throwing the ball a lot, and there's not many guys to throw to in that offense. Right. So Kittle, I, I get the hype around him. I just don't quite put him on Ertz's level yet just because of Zach Ertz has proven it with Carson Wentz. He's proven it with consistency. Kittle did had a great year yeah. last year with Nick Mullins, but I want to see him with Garoppolo. I know he he didn't have a touchdown when he played with Garoppolo last year. I just want to see those two connect, but it's close. I mean, you can't yeah. go wrong with any one of these three guys, right? But again, I'm not drafting George Kittle. I, in the I third think round. I think for me the reason mostly why he's number three on on my particular rankings is because Kelsey and Ertz to me are a lock. Like they're they're a lock at number one and you know, one and two next year. George Kittle's one of those guys that might actually fall out of the top three. Um, and he might bust next year. I think there's a percentage of bust, you know, like for Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz, the only way those two guys bust is if they get hurt. Um, I think there's a, there's a chance that George Kittle actually could bust next year and finish as like the sixth or seventh or eighth tight end instead. Um, I don't think that chance is extremely high, but I think that there is a little bit of risk in taking George Kittle. With that being said, would you rather have George Kittle or Zach Ertz in the third round? I'm taking Zach Ertz. Uh, 
I'm not taking any of but any any of these tight ends in the first three rounds. No. Uh, but if you had to hold me down and say you're taking a tight end in the third round, then I would take Zach Ertz. <laughs> um, but George Kittle is a spectacular, very talented tight end, and I think if he can connect with Jimmy G, he'll be a good tight end in fantasy. Um, number four on our list, ECR, you and me all have us all have this guy at four. OJ Howard, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end. I'm a little bit surprised you ranked him as high as you did. Yeah, uh, just because you were not very high on OJ Howard this year. No, I wasn't. Um, but if you notice a trend with me, I am hot, surprisingly a little high with a lot of Buccaneers players. Yeah. on offense because I just think they're going to throw the ball an insane amount this year. Yeah, um, and they threw the ball a lot last year. And Cameron Brait was kind of Ryan Fitzpatrick's guy, right. and OJ Howard was Jameis Winston's guy. And now Fitzpatrick's not there; it's Jameis Winston's team. Right. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of targets. You know, right? Adam Humphreys isn't there anymore. Deshaun Jackson's not there anymore. So, to me, the door is open for OJ, OJ Howard to be the number four ranked tight end. But honestly, like once you get past George Kittle, it is a crapshoot. Yeah. This is like we're entering tier two of the tight ends. I think. Yeah. Honestly, you know what it is? What? It's Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey is tier one, and then. Everybody else is tier 10. That's what it is. It's like a giant drop off. It is. I think it's just OJ OJ Howard, to me, is the most likely to succeed. I think in that offense with Jameis Winston, um, he loves to throw to OJ Howard. We've seen it in the past. When Ryan Fitzpatrick came in last year, right? He threw it to uh, Cameron Brait most of the time. And then when Jameis Winston came in, he was throwing it to OJ Howard most of the time. So if Jameis Winston can stay on the field for a full season, OJ Howard will most likely be the guy to get a majority of the targets. And if he can spread the ball around pretty evenly and OJ Howard can, can get somewhere upwards of a hundred targets, which is probably what he needs to finish in the top five. Yeah. Um, then I think it's a very, very good possibility that that happens. But to me, he's a guy that now is going in the sixth round. Is he worth that risk? I'm not taking him in the sixth round, personally. <laughs> it's it's very high for a tight end. And for a guy that you think is a risk, like I was putting him on my sleeper board like two months ago, and now he's now he's the you know fourth, fifth tight end taken off the board. I mean, the guy as good as he as good as I think he's gonna be, it's just hard to take him at six. Um Evan Ingram is the number fifth guy on our rankings. Uh, we have them both at five, and ECR has them six. Ingram has struggled with injury the past couple years. Um, he has been a guy that has a lot of talent and can break out, and he's in an offense that really will help him exceed. It's just, or succeed, not exceed, but uh, he's just not staying on the field or staying healthy. This is the first full off season that you've been like, okay, Evan Ingram can come in and play week one of the season. The problem is is that a guy with the amount of injury problems that this guy has had is going in the sixth round again. And it's yeah. like, do you want to take I'm a risk taking, on no, Evan Ingram no, in the sixth round, no. especially in that offense that no one is liking right now at all? They're all like, There's only one guy in that give me, offense give me that Saquon, you like, right. and that's it. I do think that Evan Ingram has a ceiling, has an upside. Um, he has very good upside, but I think, I think the floor 
is more likely for to have Evan Ingram, which is unfortunate for a tier two tight end. And it begs the question of like, should this guy even be ranked this high? I have him, I have him that high, and have him fifth because he is in an offense where he's going to get a lot of targets. Yeah. Um, when they throw the ball, at least I don't know how much they're going to throw the ball this year. You know, Odell's not there, so the opportunity should be there for him. But is he going to stay healthy? And is right. Eli Manning going to actually perform? <laughs> yeah. Is he is is Evan Ingram going to actually get the ball thrown to him well? Yeah. You know, is so there's a lot of question marks with Evan Ingram, yeah. but he does have the upside to enough to put him at five. Right. But if you had him like tenth, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah. Uh, Taking him in the sixth round is too high. Hunter Henry is the number sixth guy on our draft rankings. Um, ECR has him fifth on on their draft rankings. I think Hunter Henry is actually more talented than Evan Ingram. I think he's a better tight end. It's close. It's close, but I think he's a better tight end. Um, And I think he also is in a better situation. Um and now I'm starting to wonder why I draft, why I ranked Hunter Henry over Ingram. Here, Hunter I'll remind Henry. you, um, Hunter Henry is coming off a major injury. Yeah. There's a lot of receivers, unlike an Evan in an, an, sorry in Evan Ingram situation. Yeah. There is a lot of receivers in the Chargers organization that are very talented. Philip Rivers right. is an old man, just like Eli. Not quite, <laughs> Not as, quite old or, as old or he's crappy still got a yet. Full but season of the I think he's got yeah, he's got one year left. I think, but even last year, well, I'm not going to say that because he had a really good year last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if he starts falling off. Philip yeah. Rivers, right? Um, so yeah, I I do like Hunter Henry. I'm not saying yeah, like again. And if you want to rank him ahead of Evan Ingram. Like I'm not gonna feel free. <laughs> yeah, you can even rank him ahead of OJ Howard. Yeah. After that, after George Kittle, I think you can go any number of ways. With I the think. Tight ends. I think the thing with me and Hunter Henry is that Henry. I hate to say upside because that's ninety percent of the guys that we're going to talk about here in the top ten is upside. It's just literally guys that may finish in the top ten, but also could completely bust out. Um, I think Hunter Henry. He's in an offense right now with. A quarterback that has a history of throwing into tight ends when he had Antonio Gates. Um, And I think that he's a guy that will target a talented tight end, and I think Hunter Henry is that guy. So if we see anything similar to a target share that a guy like Antonio Gates had when he was with the Chargers, right, I think you're going to see Hunter Henry succeed not to that level because that was you know crazy good football, but yeah. I think you're going to see Hunter Henry succeed to the point where he could finish in the top five and he could be a surprising a surprising uh, finish. But the concern with Hunter Henry is he's going seven oh seven, and is that a guy that you want to draft at seven oh seven? If he falls, yes, but that's in the seventh round, probably not. Yeah, I mean, there's guys that you can take there to kind of construct your team even further. Um, I'd rather. My big thing is that I'm kind of sick and tired of streaming tight ends, but you kind of have to with the strategies that it's help so you succeed. Here's, in fantasy. here's the thing: we've been talking about these top three guys, and you're probably thinking, yeah. "Well, if there's such a big drop off, why not just take one of the top three guys?" There is a very big drop off, but the point difference is honestly not. Yeah, an insane amount where you should take one in the top second or third right, round. Right, that's the difference. Where, yeah, sure, there's a big difference. There is a, a difference between Vance McDonald and Travis Kelsey. Sure, yeah, one guy you're taking 
in the fifth in the fourteenth round, one guy you're taking in the second round. Right. But the difference between the fourteenth and round in the second round shouldn't be like sixty fantasy points. Right. No. Or, which is what? Which is what? Pretty much what the difference is. <laughs> exactly. Um, the number seventh guy on our rankings is a guy in a in an offense that is expected to be prolific, fantastic, huge, huge. David and Joku. We I have him seven. You have him eight. The ECR has him nine. Um, David and Joku. He's got talent. He's got opportunity. He's in a good offense. He's got all the. He's got everything in the world. Everything's lined up for him. Um, and I was a little concerned a couple months ago. David Njoku had a situation where he was rising. He was he was going up and up and up and up and up in the uh, in the uh, ADP, and now he just plummeted to ten. I think people who uh, who follow football a little bit later are starting to draft. Um, David Njoku is a guy that I would one hundred. I would draft him over all the six guys ahead of this Ooh. because just because of where he's just take because him. of where he's going to take. I don't him. disagree with that at all. Right now, he's a tenth round draft selection, and in an offense where he is as talented as he is. Now, if I don't get him, that's fine. But if he's sitting there, well, right now he's ten ten, like so eleventh round, basically eleventh round. And so for David and Joku going in that spot. That is a perfect location for you to draft David Njoku. Yep. I mean, he, like I said, all the opportunity in the world this season. If he does not succeed this year, he's basically See, poor man's Jordan Reed. I, I don't fully agree with that just because I think Odell's going to get an insane amount of targets. I think Jarvis Landry's still going to be a vocal point in that offense. Kareem yeah. Hunt. Well, I don't think back and, by far. I don't. The reason why he's seven is because I, I not, I'm not convinced he's going to be a breakout this year, but, but he's yeah. as close to it as you're going to get in the 10th round. And, you know, I have Njoku a little lower than the guys we've just talked about, but just like you said, I think all of these guys that we've talked about past George Kittle are so close that, yeah. like, because Njoku's going in the 11th round, I would take him. Like, yeah. these other guys I wouldn't have drafted, but I'm dra- I would draft Njoku for sure, because if you're getting him in the 11th round, you know, he has... I think he has a certain ceiling just because there's so much talent around right. him. But you could also see Njoku being like the fifth-ranked tight end this year, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, number eight on our rankings, Jared Cook. Uh, New Orleans Saints signed him uh, this offseason to a one-year deal. He was a top-five tight end with the Oakland Raiders who weren't in a very good offense. He shifts to a good offense and a to a quarterback who likes to throw it to tight ends. Um that's exciting for me. I think if you finished in the top five last year and you're going to an offense and you're the number one tight end on an offense that likes to throw it to tight ends, I would say he's going to have a successful year. Yeah. The only concern, like you've said in the past, is Drew Brees', Drew Brees's age and the fact that he drops off. You say you get Jared Cook. Jared Cook has a good year. He can, you know averages eight fantasy points a game. He's having you know a really decent season. And then you get all the way to the playoffs, and then you know, Drew Brees goes on his right. mass exodus of not scoring fantasy points and David Njoku struggles. That's not a good situation for, I mean, not David Njoku, Jared Cook struggles. And now you're sitting there uh, with a, with a guy that is just not amazing at the tight end position when you could probably have just traded for Travis Kelsey, Zachary to George Kittle <laughs> um, to have success for me. Uh, uh, the only reason I have Jared Cook just slightly ahead of Njoku is because Drew Brees loves, even though I'm kind of down yeah. on him this year and a lot of old quarterbacks, Yeah, um, Drew Brees loves to throw to tight ends. Um, and he has said 
in the past few days in the Saints offense, and there's been reports saying that they love Jared Cook, and he's been really good, better than expected. So I think they're going to use him enough in the offense, and he's talented enough where he his ceiling isn't as high as Njoku's yeah. or some of these other guys we've talked about. But I don't think he's going to finish lower than like 11th or 12th. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, number nine on our list is a little bit of a hot take. Jack Doyle, oh boy, Indianapolis Colts tight end. Um, I have him nine, which is higher than Ebron. Uh, you That's have true. him 13, and ECR has him 13. I like Doyle, and I will, I'll die by the ship of Doyle. I know. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Jack Doyle is a player that he, he – most when the season is on and he is not hurt, Jack Doyle is the number one tight end. Last year, you told me last year Eric Ebron had what 110 targets. Yep. So in that offense, I think there's going to be a regression to targets to the tight ends just because they added some more talent at other positions. Correct. But I think there is going if Jack Doyle is the number one tight end, the only thing Eric Ebron is going to be useful for is getting targets in the red zone. I think that's about it. And even at that point, you got that, Devin Funches. very important? It's, it oh, it's extremely important, but if Ebron's only getting targets in the red zone, half those targets are going, Devin, going to Devin Funches. Are you telling me that he's going to have a big year? This no, is why, no, no, no. I'm not high on Eric Ebron, but I'm not high on Jack Doyle either. I like Doyle simply because he's a younger player than Eric Ebron, I believe. And... I think that Jack Doyle has a chance at being a very good tight end. He has better hands than Ebron. The only problem with Jack Doyle is the fact that he gets hurt 90% of the time. If the guy can stay on the field, stay healthy, he gets like 90 to 100 targets next year, I think he could be a a very high-ranked wide receiver. I mean, a very ranked, a very high-ranked tight end in fantasy football. Um, and that's why I have him ranked nine and ahead of Ebron because I think Ebron was a flash in the pan. I, I don't disagree as, with that. Um, go ahead. You can finish your point. No, go ahead. I'm done. Okay. I'm um, done. I'm done. So I've things. trashed on Ebron in the past. One, Ebron is actually three years younger than Jack Doyle. Oh, he is? Yeah. So that's, Flip me. Yeah. Second, um, Doyle played in six games last year, so it wasn't like Ebron was the start of the entire year. Yeah. And he only had like 30 targets. In six games, which I know is decent, but not great. And I do agree with you. They're not going to throw it to the tight ends as much this year. So that's one of the reasons why I think they he neither guy will be that successful. You know, because if you're not going to throw it to the tight ends as much and you yeah. add another receiver, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not completely I don't, sold I don't on fully it. disagree with you on, on the fact that Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, like, I think Jack Doyle has a high ceiling. Like, I if, don't. If, if if Eric Ebron goes out and tears his ACL okay, well, in training camp, <laughs> Jack yeah. Doyle can be good. But I think Jack Doyle is a better tight end than Eric Ebron, and I think I that, agree with that. Yes, I think that if he gets the opportunity and something happens to Ebron, I think Jack Doyle could finish somewhere around five. But to me, you're right. With Jack Doyle, I, I just for me, you look at Jack Doyle and you look at Eric Ebron. Who has the higher ceiling? I think Jack Doyle has the higher ceiling. To me, I don't think either one of those guys are have that high of a ceiling because they're both on the same team. And if one of them gets hurt, then yeah, the other one will have a higher ceiling, but going on the assumption that both guys are healthy, I don't think either, either of those guys will be like legit top five fantasy tight ends. Cause they'll both be taking targets away from each other. The number 10 
tight end and the final tight end of this episode, Austin Hooper. I have him ranked 14. You have him ranked 9. And ECR has you him 8. You have him ranked 14? I don't know why I have him ranked 14, to be honest with you. I absolutely love Austin Hooper. I, the, I'm a little lower on guys, I guess. Um, I have guys like Trey Burton and uh, Eric Ebron ahead of him. You have Eric. Wow. <laughs> He's like, <All> right. wow. <laughs> um, I love Austin Hooper. I think out of all the tight ends, he has probably the highest ceiling. Um, that and we he has, talked about? Yeah. What? That we mm. talked about. I think, I'd say O.J. Howard probably, but he's up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have him 10 because I don't think he's going to do that just because of the amount. He's going to get a lot of opportunity, but the concern for Austin Hooper is the fact that he's in an offense with a lot of targets. And I yeah. think that there's a lot of stuff to go around, even if Matt Ryan, because I think he's gonna Matt Ryan's going to throw 600 targets, I mean 600 passes this year, which a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God, no. Um. But in that offense, if they do throw it 600 times, Austin Hooper will get a good share of those targets. But I'm not sure it's going to lead to extreme, like a extreme huge season, like a George Kittle jump. Oh yeah, no, that's what you're. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're trying to find in the late rounds of the draft. Now I am. There's a few guys, and we'll talk about a few of them on the next show. But there are a few guys like. Austin, I mean, uh, yeah, Austin Hooper, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, some of those guys I'm looking at later in the draft because I think that those guys have, you know, a little bit more upside for the season at a later draft cost. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not spending a ridiculous amount on a tight end like you would on Howard Ingram, Henry and Joku and Cook. It's less risk, but a higher reward if it pays off. Yeah, I, I don't really fully disagree with what you said. I think Hooper is a hooper <laughs> hoop there it is he's a, he's a very talented tight end he's gotten better each season yeah i'm just concerned i think calvin ridley's gonna get better i think julio jones is still julio jones mohammed's a new right like they have a lot of guys on that offense and is hooper going to get his share mm-hmm. i don't know i think he will to a point but that limits him right because i know you said you think he has the highest ceiling i don't i don't know just because there's so much talent yeah, around around him. So I'm not sure what his ceiling actually is, but however, I do think um, he is going to have a very good year this year. And if one of those guys get hurt, well, watch out because then he jumps. Yeah. He takes a giant leap. Definitely. Same with Njoku. Both those guys are similar. 100. percent That'll do it for our top 10 tight end rankings. Uh, be sure to listen on Thursday for tight ends 11 through 20. Uh, we're going to dissect and break down those guys. That's a show to listen to because those are guys that are going to be late round draft selections that might break out in 2019. So uh, be sure to listen next week. You got any closing thoughts for us? Dude, we forgot Gronk. Oh, we got to throw Gronk on the list. I'm going to put him number two next to Travis Kelsey because he's way better than I us. just did a mock draft and I took Brady one, Gronk in the second round, and Edelman in the third. See you later, Fantasy Champs. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.